Hello and welcome to St Matt's Church. St Matt's is a warm and welcoming church situated in High Brooms on the edge of Tunbridge Wales in Kent. You can find out more about our church by visiting our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk Jesus welcomed everyone that came to him and we want to follow that example. So we extend a warm welcome to everyone, young or old, male or female, parent or child. You are welcome at St Matt's. No matter what your circumstances, we want to encourage you to join us, be that physically in the building or via our Facebook page, YouTube channel or through this podcast. You are very welcome. This autumn we have a series of talks about finding God in the different stages of life. And today Mary speaks on finding God in the call of the day. Lord, we just pray that you open our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so we receive your eternal wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your leading and guidance. And open our hearts so that we may receive your wonderful love. today is from Ephesians 2 and it's taken from the message version of the Bible. It's titled, He Tore Down the Wall. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled, exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive to Christ. He did this all on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and he set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust in him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, guys. Right, here we go. 
Morning, all of you. Most of you know me, but for anyone that doesn't, I've been coming to St Matt's for 37 years now. I think I rashly agreed to doing this talk because it's such a great subject. I'm not a theologian, uh, so it's as a fellow believer that I'm just going to be sharing some thoughts which I'm praying might be useful. So, finding God in the cool of the day. Graham is just finding the PowerPoint, I'm guessing, as well. But I can keep going if it's not there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, it's the title of our talk. So what does that mean? And what are we going to be looking at? The quote comes from Genesis and refers to the close loving relationship God first had with the humans he had created in his image to look after his beautiful, amazing world. So, Genesis 3.8 says... Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? So why were the man and his wife, aka Adam and Eve, hiding? What had happened? They'd succumbed to the lies of the serpent, the devil, and done the one thing God had warned them not to do. The result, that wonderful relationship between God and us, was ruined. Gone was that walking with God in the heavenly garden, light-hearted and free from anything bad or wrong. Now sin had entered the world and us and spoilt it. However, God didn't and doesn't say good riddance to us. The whole storyline of the Bible and beyond is God's desire for us to be in relationship with him and live our lives to the full. The talks we've had recently have particularly looked at how we can find God in the different seasons of life with the different challenges they bring. In this talk, I'm going to specifically explore how we can try to find God more in our lives, in our everyday lives. Deepen our relationship with him so that we're living out of his love and grace, not our own efforts, which never, in my case, seemed to do too well. So, now hang on, Mary, you just said earlier that that relationship was ruined. So, fast forward to the New Testament and the passage Graham read to us from Ephesians. Essentially, it describes how God, through Jesus, rescued that close and loving relationship we can have with him, made it all possible again. So Graham's going to pop it up again. There's a couple of bits to remind you of. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. He picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We neither make nor save ourselves. He creates us um, by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has, bit American, gotten ready for us to do. So what do we actually need to do? We just need to accept the gift of this relationship with God and learn to live in it. It's grace. 
The challenge of living a life of grace, I think, is to develop our relationship with God so that we live our lives from that. So, a question for us all. Um, When preparing this talk, the phrase that jumped out at me from the Genesis 3 verse was the Lord God saying to the man, where are you? And please note the tone of voice is not, where are you? (laughs) Okay, it's, where are you? So, where are you this morning? Do you feel close to God? Or are you trying to follow God but feel far away from him? Or maybe you're hiding from him, like Adam and Eve, perhaps because you feel guilty or think he'd be cross or disappointed with you. Where are you? Where am I? Let's just think for one moment about that. The good news is God doesn't ask us this to condemn us. This is him saying, I long for you to come to me and live in my love and grace, not to try and live away from me. So I thought it might be useful this morning to look at deepening our relationship with God in two ways. Firstly, looking at what things can hinder us. And secondly, looking at ideas for things which might help us. So you might say, Mary, why would we want to look at the negatives? Reason. I think it's actually quite useful to look at them so that we can try to do less of what isn't helpful and more of what is helpful. That's my theory. (laughs) So the first section is coming up, but I'd just like you to think first. What are the things you are aware of that hinder or stop you having more of God in your life? I've had lots of time to think about this. Pause for a moment. What things hinder us? Okay, so my list is obviously not, not, no list is exhaustive, but anyway, here's what I came up with. And Graham's very kindly going to nip in and out of each point. So the very first one, um, we can't see or hear God like we can a human. Um, I know it's stating the obvious, but I think it's acknowledging the challenge. However, it struck me the other day that when Jesus lived on earth, he largely didn't see or hear God either. And he had to develop his relationship with God as a human like us. He wasn't born with it pre-programmed. He spent time learning about God in the temple as a child and as he grew up. And during his ministry, even though the needs of the crowds clamoring for him were so huge, he knew he needed to prioritize getting away to spend time with God his Father. He knew he needed to minister out of his relationship with his Father. So I think that's a real comfort to us. It means Jesus understands and can help us. Okay, secondly, the work of the enemy, the devil. The enemy doesn't want us living lives overflowing with God's love and presence. He knows our weak points, so will lie to us, distract us, etc., etc., to stop us trying to get to know God more. Good to be aware of. Thirdly, it's countercultural. And by the way, you'll realize I'm very much skimming over things and generalizing a lot because of time. Um, But a lot of our mainstream culture is not Christian. So going after God more is going to involve a shift in our thinking. In the Bible, God said that we would be in the world, but not 
of the world. And you know what? I think you'd agree with me, that's not always easy or comfortable. It can feel like we're really swimming against the tide. Fourthly, guilt um, can stop us trying especially if we feel really bad that we have failed yet again. It can be easy to give up. Fifthly, feeling not acceptable to God. We can feel perhaps that nothing we do for God is good enough. We're not good enough. And again, that can actually stop us going after God. But the truth is we are good enough because Jesus has given us his goodness. We don't ever have to earn it. Sixthly, I think we can have a negative picture of a God-filled life. We might see God as always stern and serious. So we worry that having more of him in our lives might make them like that. But I personally think this is based on a wrong picture of God. And I don't think Jesus, for example, God's son, would have been invited by so-called sinners to their parties if they thought he was going to cast a massive damper over things and be some disapproving killjoy. They loved him coming to their parties. Seventhly, I could give lots more examples, but not time. Seventhly, busyness. Not got time, question mark. Some seasons of life, and we've heard this recently, are so busy, it can feel like we haven't got time to get to know God better. And it can feel like yet another pressure. It's as much as we can do to even survive. And yes, realistically, it is harder, but not too hard for God. Carol talked last week about the pressures of the sandwich generation, but that God was there. And God can be there with us, even in the busyness. Eighthly, and finally of this list, you think, phew, difficult times. Is it hard to trust in difficult times? It can be hard to keep trusting God when life is tough. When things are going wrong, it can be more challenging to go after God. Though actually, I, I thought some people would disagree with this and say that actually we're thrown more onto God in these times. So I think that's one that maybe can go either way. Righty, on to the positives. Okay, um, but again, I just want you to think quickly. So again, think for yourselves. When do you feel closest to God? Or if you're not now, when have you felt closest to God? And what is it that helps you feel closer to him? Again, pause for you to have a quick think. Okay, so just before the list goes up, um, I want to say one size does not fit all. These are just ideas, some of which may be helpful to you, some not. We are all unique. We should never try to be someone we're not. We should try to become the unique person that God created us to be. So here we go. What maybe some ideas can help us in just really deepening our relationship with God. The Bible is our primary source of truth. Think about those humans closest to you. I think about, we know exactly what food they like, what they don't like. And the more we know them, the more detailed our knowledge is. Yeah. So we need to find out more about God. Now, honestly, honestly, people can find the Bible a difficult read. Pete Gregg, now I'm, I'm sort of like taking after Richard here with my library thing. Um, here we go. Um, Pete Gregg, um, 
as fine where I was, has really good advice on how to read the Bible in his book, actually all his books, How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Um, so that's great. You might find it easier to listen to it than reading yourself. Read books or listen to podcasts that help bring it to life in a more modern way. This book I picked up at New Wine, absolutely great. So this is called Lifelines. It's a book by Andy Croft and Mike Pellavacci. It looks at eight different people in the Bible and what we can learn from their stories. Easy to read, really helpful. The best thing I've ever done to counter the feeling of guilt <laughs> of not reading the Bible enough is to ask God to help me, obvious really, <laughs> um, and to keep praying and keep on praying that he will make me hungry to know him better. Okay, secondly, learn from others, heroes of faith. Do you know, the people, I don't know about you, the people I know or know about that seem to do life the best, and by this I mean be full of God's love, presence and joy through the ups and downs of life, are those who have really made getting to know God a priority in their lives. That's my, my observation. And actually, it's really poignant that one of my heroes of faith is dear Jenny, Jennifer Reese Larkham, who died on Monday. She's back home with her saviour. Her book, which again, one of my real absolute favourites, Journey into God's Heart, is an amazing testimony of someone that though her life was really tough, overflowed with the love and presence of God. Do you know what? I want to learn from that. Carol mentioned, here we go, Carol mentioned, I'm mentioning again, uh, Pete Gregg's God on Mute book last week. I reread this every year because I find it so helpful. There are obviously loads more books, podcasts, etc., etc. The principle is the same, learn from others. And actually, I suddenly thought that includes each other. We don't have to, you know, it isn't just the big names. We, we learn from each other. Now, the three books, I've, three of the books I've just flagged, all describe, hands up if you've heard of Brother Lawrence's The Practice and Presence of God. Yeah, quite a lot of hands. Uh, they describe it, all three of them, as being a complete game changer. We can include God in all of our lives. There does not have to be a sacred, secular divide. You don't have to be weird and otherworldly. Just take Jesus everywhere with us. That's what we need to do. Jennifer rees explains how this monk, Brother Lawrence, set to work in the kitchen instead of being in the chapel, discovered how he could learn to be more aware of God all the time. So I think the slide um, with this herb extract is here. Is that one there, Graham? Don't worry if it isn't because I'll just read it. No, nope, that's fine. I'll just read it. He realised that God was just as much with him in the busy rush of preparing meals as he was in the stillness of the choir stall. Even in the middle of conversations with the other kitchen hands, he was in perpetual communion with God. He claimed that being aware of God's presence with you constantly throughout the day was merely a habit, which, like any other habit, could be practiced until it became automatic. And Jenny Rusarkham says, if Brother Lawrence is right, I told myself, I want to train myself to do the same. Uh, okay, let's back to here. So, if that many people have found this really helpful, it challenges me to keep 
trying to practice this habit. Talking to God in my head as I walk along a corridor to a meeting or classroom, as I walk through my neighborhood, as I drive somewhere, as I'm struggling on my laptop with something, as I relax, in fact, in anything and everything. Thirdly, you'll be glad to know the next points are quicker. Help each other. We're not designed to go it alone. We are here to help each other in our faith. The disciples were sent out two by two. The early church constantly met together and did faith together. If you don't have this support, then ask God to help you find someone. Fourthly, environments or aids that are helpful. This will be different for different people. Um, You may be more aware of God during times of sung worship, walking through nature, gardening, reading, etc., etc. One of the greatest aids to me that started during COVID is the Lectio 365 daily devotional app. The morning one is literally 10 minutes, but I just find it such a huge blessing. There are lots of really good, helpful things around. So let's share good stuff with each other. Pop it on the discipleship group, tell each other. Fifthly, remembering what God has done. During tough times, it's helpful to remember what God has done in your life. In the Old Testament, they set up memorial stones after significant times of encounter with God and miracles to remember them. One of my most precious possessions, it literally is, which dear Kate Whitehead gave me years ago, is I call it my special book, in fact, and it's where I write down... um, times I felt really close to God, had special verses or words from him, times of difficulty where he's provided just the right person to help, all that sort of thing. It's like memorial stones and it's remembering God's faithfulness and encounters with him. Don't you remember Lynn Button talked to us ages ago and she said the trouble is we remember the things we should forget and we forget the things we should remember. I think this is so true. And sixthly and finally on this, and actually it's the most important, ask God to help us. Honestly, the most important thing. Mike Pellefacci gave a great talk of new wine about Peter walking on the water and sinking. We all know that one, I think. And it's, he said it's usually seen as Peter's failure. But Mike saw it afresh as Peter's success because he did the right thing by looking to Jesus and asking for help. So, you know, again, that was a really good different take on that. So if we can do less of what is not helpful and more of what is helpful, I think we'll find more of God in our lives. But remember, I think we come back to, there's another, um, I don't know if it's there, it doesn't matter if it isn't, I'll be down. Uh, But remember, it's God who will actually help us do it. Think back to those first verses. It's all his work. He just loves each one of us so, so much. Um, And he knows us better than the person that loves us best on this whole earth. He knows and loves you better than that person. So, you know, he wants, he's for us. He wants us to thrive. The thing I loved, lots of things I loved about Janie's testimony was just the fact that it was so full of God and her relationship with God and just the fact that she was just hearing all those things that had been taught through that whole sermon series and that the and the God's word the Bible and and that's just a great example of that just going after God I'm going to finish with two last quotes the first one's from Pete Gregg Um, I love this which brings us full circle back to the Garden of Eden 
The Bible says that your primary purpose, the reason for which you were born, is to enjoy a real conversational relationship with an infinitely loving divinity, which is why you almost certainly hear him already, more than you realise. I love that. And it just goes on, I think, the next one. Your Father in heaven invites you to walk with him in relaxed daily conversation as Adam and Eve did in the glades of Eden. He wants to talk to you intimately as he did with Moses. Mostly he will speak in a still small voice, sounding surprisingly ordinary. And finally, a recent lecture, which I think sums up the challenge of grace brilliantly. Because grace can make you think, well, don't need to do anything, it's free, it just feels, you know, not like anything sort of thing. But actually, I think this quote is very helpful. If it's not there, I can just read it. Oh no, here, here it comes. And it was um, linked to the Pearl of Great Price. And here is the myst- a mystery. Although the salvation that Jesus offers is a free gift, I have come to realise that growing my relationship with him can cost me everything. And yet, this is my last phrase, make no mistake. Giving our everything to God is where our greatest joy lies. Shall we pray together? Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three in one. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you know and love us more than any person on this earth. God, would you make us hungry for you, reignite our passion for you, and help us become more and more aware of you in our lives, our everyday lives. We want to live as the people you created us to be in this world. This is all your work, God. We offer ourselves to you to live our lives overflowing with your love, presence and grace to those around us. Amen. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. Don't forget you can find out more about St Matt's Church on our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk Our Sunday morning services are streamed live on our Facebook page and also on YouTube at 10am every Sunday. You can find our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash submats. We look forward to welcoming you to one of our services or podcasts soon. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.
children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you, He is for you. Ah. 